Hello, this is Errol Rappaport, and I want to welcome all of you to our new podcast show called Rappaport in Resonance, A Dream of Passion. This is a series of interviews highlighting the amazing talent involved on every step of the way to create this Dream of Passion event involved in the first annual music and full moon celebration on Bannerman Castle with the Daisy Jopling Band featuring Michael Fagenbaum, Sal Ladonia, and all the local youth. This is a fundraiser for the Bannerman Castle Trust and the Daisy Jopling Music Mentoring Foundation. Now just imagine this event that you're gonna come up to that island at, at sunset during a August, during a harvest moon. And then you're gonna go and you're gonna take a beautiful tour around the island, um, led, led by a historic um, guide. You're gonna have um, refreshments and something to eat. Then you're gonna watch these incredible dances and you're gonna see all these um, beautiful music and you're gonna see a light show and, and everything else and the band performing for 90 minutes and we'll tell you more about it later. But now I wanna tell you more about Daisy. Daisy Joplin is an internationally renowned classical rock violinist and has performed in many of the major festivals and concert halls throughout the world. She's, in, she's performed in Carnegie Hall, Lincoln Center, uh, Vienna, um, the Edinburgh International Festival in Scotland. And the way I first met Daisy was that uh, Jamie DeRoy had a um, fundraiser for the Actors Fund in New York City and she had all these fantastic performers who, you know, were loaning their time, giving their time for the um, event to raise money for the Actors Fund. And all of a sudden, Daisy comes out. Um, I think it was a red dress she was wearing and this violin. And when she started playing, she is just so magical and so fantastic. You just, you just follow her around and, and you, you, I mean, she's just mesmerizing is all I can say. And um, I just was so mesmerized and I wound up coming up here and uh, watching perform in Pisco with her band and her um, choir. And now I am a proud board member and a facilitator of the Daisy Joplin Music Mentoring Foundation. Okay, now this event we're doing here is a limited engagement from September 30th to October 4th. Um, I'd buy your tickets now because it's just about sold out all the money raised will be used to preserve the Bannerman Castle Island and to provide free music lessons and mentoring for over 94 students aged 7 to 18 years old. Okay, my guest tonight, today, is the amazing Neil Kaplan. Neil Kaplan is executive director and founder of the Bannerman Castle Trust. Neil created the Bannerman Castle Trust to preserve and protect Bannerman Castle on Popeil Island, which is right off uh, in the Hudson, right off of Beacon. Uh, here's some highlights of Neil's career. Neil previously worked as the artistic director of the Canine Hackett Art Center in Poughkeepsie. He is currently the premier broker of Neil Kaplan Realty in Beacon, New York. Neil and his wife Darlene own and operate the Swan Inn of Beacon and Breakfast, a bed and breakfast. <laughs> Neil, Neil graduated from the University of Maryland, UMBC, with a BA degree in theater. Neil holds an associate's degree from Cattonville Community College in Maryland. Neil has worked in all aspects of the theater from regional to off-Broadway. 
Neil has been a member of the Duchess Regional Chamber of Commerce, Beacon Art Community Association, and the Beacon Chamber of Commerce. Neil is a trustee for the Mount Beacon Incline Society. Neil, that's quite a uh, impressive background there. Uh, Neil, are you, are you there, Neil? I am. Thank okay, you for having Neil. me on. Okay, so Neil, can you tell us about your life before the Bannerman Islands? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, I started off uh, wanting to do theater. Uh, I went to school for it. I, I actually studied um, voice at the uh, Peabody Institute of Music when I was 16. My grandfather gave me voice lessons there and I would continue there through the University of Maryland studying voice, but also studying theater. And um, I really wanted to, uh, to do theater and I love it. And so I, uh, I started doing outdoor dramas and different things and I traveled around. I did various ones in Texas and I did uh, the, the uh, Lost Colony with uh, Joe Layton, uh, the director who did Barnum was working on that for years. He would direct that every season and I did that. But I, I also, I, I came up to New York in the eighties and I first, uh, worked on a show called um, I Am Who I Am about Anastasia. And uh, it was an incredible show. And I was a co-producer on it. I well, actually associate producer. And I did the sets for it with my friend James Esterly who directed it. And it was absolutely amazing. Of course, it was the time of Frank Rich, who was uh, a, uh, he, he did reviews for all of the, uh, all the shows and stuff at that time. And there were some really good shows, but if Frank Rich got a hold of you and he said one <laughs> negative thing, you closed. So um, he, he didn't really have the best to say, but it was a fantastic show. And I believe there were many of them at that time period that were, and uh, should probably come back again. But so I, I worked on that show. I, I did regional theater where I was a props master for the Crossroads Theater Company and they won a regional theater award Emmy. Oh, no, uh, it was a Tony they won. And I also worked with Olympia, Caucus, Olympia Dukakis's, I better say her name right, um, <laughs> whole theater company. And I did props for them when they were still, still doing that theater in Montclair, New Jersey. And um, I worked for McHugh Rollins, which was a props house that did props for Les Miserables, the first Broadway production. I helped on that one and I did the Sleeping Beauty with the uh, ballet theater and so I, I did work on those kind of things. But I also like to direct and I did some directing in Texas. I did directing um, in, um, in various places and, um, and you know it brings me back to Bannerman's Island because I was able to direct 1776 as a, a stage reading there with Kelly Ellen Wood and Craig Schulman on the island in 2018, which was absolutely amazing. And um, so, so, in other words, uh, you, you, you paid your dues, you paid a lot a of dues, and now, and now you have um, come to Bannerman Island. And um, tell us about what you want to do there, what's your vision for Bannerman Island, and maybe how you got there. Well, you know, I found Bannerman Island uh, by accident. Uh, in the in the 90s, I really wanted to have my own theater company. 
I wanted to be able to, to direct and do different things. So my wife Darlene and, I, Darlene and I were living in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and we would go up on weekends uh, to look around the valley and see what was here. And uh, we went up to Red Hook because I saw there was a movie theater for rent. And I come from a movie theater background. My uh, grandfather owned the Westway Theater Company. Uh, I'm sorry, the, we the Westway Theater in Catonsville, Maryland. And um, it was actually in, a, in a, an exhibit at the Building Museum in Washington, D.C. was part of a book called Flickering Treasures. And you can wow. see it in there. And, um, but it was, it was exciting to grow up at a movie theater and to work there. But it, 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 it got me interested in theater, interested in things. I loved all the musicals. I loved all the different things that would come in to, to the Westway Theater. But so I would start my journey to try to perform. I, you know, I did the high school thing. I, I, I went out of high school. I did the community uh, theater stuff. Uh, and um, I came up to New York and I did various things here. So um, it's been exciting. But while I was looking for the theater uh, in Red Hook, um, my friend Sheila McManus gave me a copy of a book called Day Hops to the Hudson Valley, which had in it a drawing of Bannerman Island, which was by um, John Gould, who was a, a wonderful Hudson River artist and illustrator, and he was very famous here. You could see his work. And it was in this book and a story about Bannerman's and said it was in Cold Spring, that it was, uh, it was part of Cold Spring. So I call up the mayor of Cold Spring and, and say, you know, what do you know about Bannerman's Island? He said, well, it doesn't belong to us. I don't know who it belongs to, but every, the people were saying it belonged to Cornwall, it belonged to different places. Um, and I actually found out it belonged to New York State Parks. And so um, I asked them, well, how can I do something there? It's such an incredible place. And they said, well, write us a letter and let us know what you want to do, and then we'll let you know what we can do. So I write them a letter saying that we could do theater, we could do outdoor, outdoor events there, we could do reenactments, we can have a restaurant, we can, have, we can make it into a hotel or different things. I wrote all kinds of things. They wrote me a letter back saying, I'm sorry, but um, we're not interested at this time. It's a scenic Hudson, it's a scenic Hudson, uh, wrong. It's a scenic ruin and it should stay a scenic ruin. And so um, and I'm like, I'm not happy with that answer. So I decided that um, I would try to do something about it. And for, so I would go up with my wife and we'd have petitions and we'd go to all the festivals along the Hudson Valley here. And um, we would sign, sign the, that we'd like to see something done with Bannerman Island. And um, I met a wonderful legislator in Beedkin. His name was John Ballow. And he gave me all kinds of incredible advice. And uh, one was to be non-political. So don't be part of a party, you know, if you're gonna succeed. So I took that to heart, so I'm not. But nevertheless, um, he was an amazing man. And um, with his help, I went to all the different um, regions, to Albany, I went to Troy, I went to all these different towns to their town boards to get resolutions to ask the park to change the designation of the island from scenic, scenic ruin so that it could be made into a tourist destination and so that we could save it. And so we went to maybe 
20 different places and I would come up from Brooklyn and for six months, I never saw the island. It was only a picture. And so I kept doing this. And then finally we, we got up and, and then I, I, I went and took a class for a commercial class. Um, and in that class, um, I met um, a gentleman who was a scenic designer and he worked with a man named Tom Johnson. And Tom Johnson has been going out to the island ever since the 70s taking photographs of it. So he has a whole history of the island and photographs. And so um, Tom and I got to talking and um, we got together and we ended up meeting Jane Bannerman and she, we, we started a, a board and various people like Susan Anderson and uh, um, Bob McKenna from Newburgh, who was the uh, community development there in Newburgh, we got together and put together the Bannerman Castle Trust. And, um, but still, we hadn't talked to the parks yet. I wasn't going to the parks until the parks said, you know, until we had everything in, in place. And finally, Jane Bannerman, um, her surgeon was uh, the commissioner of the parks at that time, husband. And the commissioner oh, was Bernadette Castro. And her husband was her surgeon who, who did um, her cancer surgery uh, years past and she would always go for visits. So she goes to him and she gives him a copy of a book that her husband had written called The Story of Bannerman's Island. And then they arrange a meeting. And from there on, we have the interest in the island and we, we are able to incorporate and become a friends group with New York State Parks. And it's been, um, the whole time we just keep going and keep doing things. So we've done a lot of work there we have stabilized the residents. We may be put in floors. We have a museum there. We have, we, we've done work to the tower. Oh, you know, you take 10 steps forward and four steps backwards. In 2010, we had two and a half walls fall down of the main tower. So now we have, um, uh, we still have a section that still looks like it, but we've lost a bit of it. And walls cost about 10 million to put back for one wall, you know, so it's not like it's, it, it, it's easy money. It's hard to, to do these things, but we keep doing these things and we keep making the island better. And um, my dream for the island was to be able to do theater there. And um, the way that happened is that um, from that book uh, that my friend Sheila gave me and my wife and I looked at each other, thought this would be a great place. That's how this came about. That um, what, what type of theater? Um, well, I, I love the musical theater. So I always liked the musical theater. I thought it was great for Shakespeare and for various things like that. I, I do find that um, theater is, is, is a, a, a wonderful vehicle, but in some instances you have to do things that people know and then um, be, to get them out there. And then the, you do a few things that they don't know, but you have to get them interested in the whole season if you can. And um, so uh, we've done a lot of different things out there. We started with Carrie, uh, Carrie Harrison, who is Rex Harrison's son. And oh, wow. he came in 2013 and did a talk about his dad and his mom, Lily, Lily Palmer. And they were, it was amazing to hear the stories about Rex Harrison and all, all kinds of interesting things about him and his wife and his, like, he had like five or six wives. Um, but um, 
just a, an incredible story. And Carrie is amazing and, and a wonderful writer. Um, he actually wrote a, wrote a play about his father called Rex and Rex. And it was old Rex and young Rex. And he played old Rex and he had someone play his young self. And they're fighting about them. They're, they're fighting with each other about the mistakes that Rex made in the past and how they could, it was a, a fascinating play that he did. And I, I was able to see him do it. But nevertheless, um, we started with that. And then we, we, um, we, we brought in some shows, uh, mostly music, musical uh, concerts that we did because it was really hard to do anything there. I had a theater company uh, from Poughkeepsie that I asked to come out and do stuff. And it's oh, let's go out and look at it. They looked at it and when they called me later said, we don't know how you can do theater out here. There's no place to do anything. Well, we hadn't cut everything and moved things around, but I knew exactly how to do theater out there. And um, I talked to uh, Claudia Cummings, who, is, uh, who was an amazing opera singer. And she had done, uh, she had started the opera company of the Hudson Highlands. And they came out and did a performance of Chauveau. Uh, it was a concert version. It was lovely. And they did it on the island. And from then on, we worked with uh, Joyce Prosciutti of Just Off Broadway. And they did concerts. And they brought in like a, a Broadway a performer, like they would bring in Craig Schulman with Camelot, and they brought in um, Mark Jacoby with Banna La Mancha, and um, uh, various people that they, they would bring in to do shows for us. And they did about four or five different shows. We brought in the Hudson Valley Shakespeare Festival that have done an amazing job of shows out there, and it's perfect for them out there to do shows. We could get 88 people out there. Now with COVID-19, we can only get um, we can't get that much. We're at half capacity. So, um, and that's even with the tours that we do out there. But um, nevertheless, um, we're still striving to do things. We had an incredible season this year. We were going to do The Hunchback of Notre Dame by uh, Stephen wow. Schwartz and, um, and uh, Alan Menken. And uh, Craig Schulman was going to play Frollo. And uh, Kelly Ellen was, was on board. Kelly Ellenwood was on board. And, um, but you know, COVID happened. So we're gonna, we're hoping to do that in the spring of next year. But what's so amazing is that we have this incredible lady who comes about, who comes around and her name's Daisy Joplin. And um, she, she found the island um, through Tom Johnson because Tom Johnson and Daisy belonged to the Peekskill Yacht Club and they had meetings and so forth. And we had, um, she she came to our press press event. We always do a press event in the beginning of the season, and um, she plays the national anthem um, at all their meetings. And so she played it uh, out there, and she was phenomenal. She's just amazing. But she's this burst of energy, always positive. Uh, she's like a bright sunshine, and um, and her music is that way too. She gave me a copy of her Who album, which is absolutely fantastic, where she does music from the Who, and it, it's pretty special. And she's going to do some of that music here on Bannerman's Island and um, some classical things. And, you know, but I find her to be incredibly genuine. And the fact that she loves kids and that she has this foundation, the, the Daisy Joplin Music Mentoring Foundation that mentors children and uh, with music and different parts of theater, which is so important to our lives these days. And um, she does that. I, I find that to be very special. 
and they do it without charging the kids. So the kids don't have to pay a lot of money to do, to do a show. We have companies in and around the Hudson Valley that are um, um, pay as you play, pay to play. So you have to pay for the kid to be in the production, you know, and that's how they do the shows. But Daisy doesn't do that. She, she has this great foundation and she, she makes it happen, you know, and, and does wonderful things for the kids. So I, I, I think she's, she's absolutely awesome. And I'm so happy that she's coming to do her show on Bannerman's Island. And that can was you tell us about, Can you tell us about the show? The show is, um, she's got several parts to it. She's got like um, some of her performers from the foundation are coming out. Not a lot of them because of the COVID. I mean, everything is being done to uh, satisfy the restrictions of COVID-19. So, but she is, she has some performances by her, her kids that are going to be dancing and uh, playing instruments. And then she's doing her concert, which is this incredible concert. And it'll feature some of the Who music and some other classical and rock music um, that, um, that she'll be playing. But you can't take your eyes off of her when she's playing the violin. She's pretty, pretty amazing. And um, also, it's going to be highlighted by the, the genius of Decazertion who has New York City lights. He's an Emmy award-winning lighting designer, and he's going to be lighting the castle, and he's gonna be lighting the residence where Daisy will be performing. And so uh, the, there's a, a photograph by Tom Johnson behind you, which is of the castle during the 1998 lighting. And that's the first time they lit it, and it was absolutely phenomenal. And then they lit it with students from the Irvington High School that were Tom Johnson's students that he was mentoring in um, 2007. And now with Daisy's help and her guidance, uh, they're lighting it again. And so the people who come to this show are gonna see this amazing lighting of the residents and of the, uh, of the actual Bannerman uh, building from, from below. You can see it in your boat or you can see it in the show. You'll also be able to see this because they're going to stream this this production and you'll be able to go online and see this because this is very uh, special because only 20 people are going to be able to see the show each night. So um, it's really, really kind of amazing what's going on. So uh, but I, I encourage everybody to get your tickets if you could get them because they're going to go fast and we, we only have um, about 19 of them left. and. Um, uh, come and see Bannerman's Island, come and see Daisy, come and see her mentoring the kids and so forth. I, it's an experience well worth, worth having. And you'll help both, both the foundation and the Bannerman Castle Trust. So we thank you. So, Neil, what advice would you give to anybody that wants to make a life in the theater? Well, I think, first of all, think about it. Think about if you want to starve. Uh, for a while. Think about that first. Um, I, I, uh, I went through those times where I lived on $10 a week. Um, you know, you, you'd start off with, uh, with like making spaghetti and then it would turn into uh, chili. And if you were lucky, you got to the end of the week with it, you know, um, on, on what you would eat and lived on a couch for, for $100 a month. Uh, that was in the 80s. You're not going to get that now. You're lucky to get $1,000 a month if you, if you can. But I would say go to school. There are incredible schools for theater. 
learn your technique, uh, learn, learn these things, and then get yourself into a regional theater. Don't go to New York right away, because if you go to New York right away, what, you, what will you be doing? First of all, you won't be doing much now with COVID, but when it comes up, you'll be waiting tables or doing something, just trying to pay the rent. Go someplace where you can learn and be a part of that theater. There are wonderful theaters all over the country that are looking for people, for interns and to, to, to work. Work your way up. And then all of a sudden, like a, a place like Steppenwolf will bring a show into New York and you're part of it. Now you're a New York actor on Broadway. You know, and so I, I think that's a way to go. Um, now, there are people who will go to New York who are very lucky and very talented who could do it. But um, there are every, it's a dime a dozen, you know, an actor. So you really have to, to really persevere and keep going and not say no. Because if you say, if, if, if you keep going, um, you have a chance. But um, that's what I would do. Go learn, learn your craft. Go to a place where you can uh, get into it and work. And then, then you'll work your way up. And then you'll be able to get into Broadway and do what you need to do. And God hope that next year we have Broadway and that people can go back because theater is such an important part of our lives. I mean, you know, it, with the movies and, and theater, um, it, it's part of the economy. I mean, without theater, uh, the restaurants don't do well, the hotels don't do well. I mean, they're all coming to these type of events and things. And, and it's also a place where you could talk about um, different um, uh, different things, you know, that are important in your life or in the lives of people. You People get political in theater. They do all kinds of things. It's a, it's a way to express how you're feeling in something that's important. And not to have it right now is a really sad, um, it's really sad. And we really need to get to a point where we can get it back. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and we will because theater people persevere they don't they don't say no they they keep going and keep trying until they get that 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 fix where, where, where the theater they're doing something so and next year we're going to be bringing um hunchback of notre dame to uh, the bannerman island stage it'll be at two churches uh, that are the, the gothic theme and um i was going to do uh I, I was designing a set for out there because we have like 20 members of a chorus that are gonna be out on Bannerman's Island. When you only have 88 seats in a small area, it's a lot of people. So we'd have about 40 people in the show. So right now with COVID, you can only have 50 people and you have to be socially distant. So that would, that certainly not working this year, but next year we hope it, it, it will work. And, um, but the set that I did was beautiful, but when I went up there and looked at the area and said, you know, it's not gonna work, we're taking two staircases, then they're going to roll around the stage to form the bell tower and different things. So we've got some cool ideas. And Craig Schulman will be playing the part of Frollo, and Kelly Ellenwood will be helping with the direction and working in the show. So it's going to be exciting. We're really excited about it. Neil, that's fantastic. Absolutely well, great. I can't wait to see uh, the shows over the years. And I want to thank you, Neil, for um, for um, Putting on this show, uh, you know, this once-in-a-lifetime show event with on Bannerman Island, uh, Bannerman Castle, with Daisy and the Music Foundation. Um, I know how hard you and Daisy and everyone else has been working to fulfill this dream of passion. 
Remember, this is a limited engagement from September 30th to October 4th. Tickets are, are going very fast. Every ticket you buy will benefit the Bannerman Castle Trust and the Daisy Joplin Music Mentoring Foundation. Now, Neil, I thank you for this wonderful interview. Um, thank you so much. And very inspiring to everybody to understand the history and the value of uh, the theater and what it means to everybody in, um, in history. Um, and now I'd like to dedicate this uh, amazing podcast series to Joe Brown, um, who was Daisy's um, late husband. Um, next week, I'll see you again with a special guest will be Corey, the choreographer, Belle Torres. And I want to leave you with this very special thought. May you always have a dream of passion. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. <laughs>